We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do sh- he just, he just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. Oh, we're, I think we're fired <laughs> up today. spicy today, We're boys. fired up today. You want to go? Let's go. You know what? Let's oh. go. Oh, hello, everyone. Dude, Good afternoon. I love it. You Good guys, morning. You guys started your argument about one of our topics on the text thread last <laughs> night, and then you started on arguing Halloween, like 10 seconds ago. Halloween, by the way, I'm ago. walking kids around the neighborhood, Okay. <laughs> Half in the bag, and you're texting me a bunch of nonsense, and I was mm. basically like, mm. "Just leave me alone right now." You Mike. started it. You yeah, started it. No, I'm mad started. about something completely Who started different. It? Who started I, it, Mackie? Listen, Boone started. Boone started. I, Thank you. Thank you. I'm Boone mad about started something it. Completely different. And we'll you get throw there. this in, and I was like, "Whatever, dude." Whatever. Yep. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, welcome to the O-Line Committee. Wait. Welcome where uh, we all get to sit here, have fun, and hang out. So it's great. Get, you'll get to hear me crush Boone today. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. You're yeah. not even this... going to crush me. You're just going to say it, and I'm going to go, great. Good for you. I'm not even mad about that. I'm mad about this. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's go. get to the show here. This is, if you're new, this is the O-Line Committee where uh, we got two former NFL offensive linemen here, Jeremiah Searles, Alex Boone. I'm representing the fan slash idiot perspective here. I'm Phil Mackey. If you could click the like button and the subscribe button on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel, you can help spread the word about the Offensive Line Lifestyle podcast that we have going for you. Uh, And a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts to help us keep growing this thing. All right, we start each show. We have a Fat Guy Fantasy update today for the first time in a few weeks. Yep, we'll make our picks. We'll get to your dumb football questions. Did you get that fumbled in there? Did you get that? What do we get for points for that? What do I get? What, who is that again? Miles Garrett, block fumble. We said we were. It's in there. This. Pretty sure it's in there. What I get? Yeah. Two points? Three points? Yeah, it's no, like a actually, it's no, just no. Like, that was just a block. It was a. No, we, no, we, block, don't, we don't do block PTs. We don't. We don't recognize yeah. special teams in this. What is wrong with you? We don't have any classification for have a block. You can't just. You, you just you're can't start adding points you're because your guy oh, did something. He blocked a field goal, and I can't get a point for that. We didn't talk about it, so no, you can't just make categories okay. up. Yeah. It's not Bill, part of the Bill rules. Bill said we would point. talk about it. We would. Yeah, go we over talked it. about it. You got outvoted. Two to one doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, I love it. Good today. We start each show <laughs> with "Who's the Mike?" where we identify the biggest things on our mind of the football week. And uh, I'm going to start first here because I think I know where this might lead to. So, who's my Mike this week? It's Mark Davis and his goofy <laughs> ass bucket looking haircut. He waited till about 11 p.m. local time on Halloween to fire yet another coach, add another one to the to the wall on the uh, the Raiders. Another, another scalp, another scalp for yeah. the wall. Your silly, your silly little haircut. You're playing slot machines at the airport, you weirdo. No okay, can. so the Raiders have now had this will be their whoever they hire next for the next season is going to be their eighth head coach in 12 years. Oh. Their eighth head coach in 12 years. In fact, can you guys tell me who is the last head coach to last more than three seasons? Can you tell me that? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson was there for one year in 2000. <laughs> and by the way, one year. He went eight and eight. It's like yeah. one of the best seasons in the last 20 years of Raiders football right. when eight and eight. How many hand did Gruden? Did Gruden, Gruden? Was Gruden it Gruden? Is, Gruden was four years from yeah. 2098 uh, through 2001. Yeah. Before that, you got to go back. Art Shell was five years from 1990 through 1994. 
can you? In fact, oh, Gruden came back for yeah. I was say Gruden years, was only Gruden the was there for, for three years. Yeah, they yeah. signed him to like a ten-year, hundred million dollars or something. And then like somebody that. leaked something to the media, and he got completely fired. Can uh, you name all of? Can you name all of their coaches since no. the first John Gruden stint? No. Twenty years ago, not a chance. Uh, Gun to my head, pull the trigger. No chance. No. no how how far can you go? Areas in there where that gets like well, I'm not really sure, but it, let's reverse the role here. You've had eight coaches in the last 12 years. How many coaches do you think are like, I'm ready to jump on this train and go crazy? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't wait to be the number nine. I can nine think of one. 13. I can think of one, too. I can too. think of one. Hey, go hey, blue, baby. Go blue. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, hey, Aiden O'Connell, throw it to Devontae Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you don't think Harbaugh Harbaugh would it'd be a perfect marriage that might oh, explode, right? It, the Raiders it, are looking it, for a competent, established coach that would actually want the job. And Jim Harbaugh is looking for a bridge to the NFL, right? That'd be a mess. It dude. makes sense for both sides. <laughs> yeah. Harbaugh just goes, you know what? This cheating thing, I'm tired of it. No one no but no one believes me. I'm just gonna get out of here. I'm just gone. Wow. See ya. And then he's going to go to the Raiders, and then the whole thing's going to implode on himself, and they're going to be like, oh, I already signed the contract. Can't take me out now. I'm already Sorry. in the league. <laughs> Kids are going to get in trouble, dude. So, like, how do you – if you're – I mean, Mark Davis, uh, I know he's just – he's taken over, you know, a legendary franchise from his father for all those years, but how do you whiff on that many coaches? And wasn't, wasn't Josh McDaniels kind of a first guest to, like, I don't know about this guy. The last two times he tried this was kind that, of the train That's wreck. the thing for me is I don't think yeah. anyone had faith in McDaniels when he first showed up because we've seen this movie before. Right. We know how the end credits roll, and it never ends well. I mean, this goes all the way back to when McDaniels like took the head coaching job for like six Bronx. hours with yeah. the what was it the Colts, yeah. and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll he do hired it." Staff, dude. Yeah, he, he like... had a staff, and he was like, "Hmm, <laughs> never mind. I don't want this job anymore." Like, <laughs> you knew from the beginning this was going to be a disaster, and I think all of us just assumed. And then as we watched it slowly unfold, and you're starting to see Devonte Adams melt down week in and week out on the yeah, sideline. Like, dude. you've got one of the best defensive ends in football, and Max Crosby, who's playing at an All Pro level, and it's just falling apart at the seams. It's the timing of it that's weird for me. Like, I, I wonder if someone said something. I wonder if players went to him. I wonder if he was trick-or-treating and he got tired of hearing his neighbors say it at the 10th house of like, what are you doing? And he's like, screw it. Calling him now. We're done. Moving on. Josh, you know, listen, Mark, Mark listen. Davis looks like he trick-or-treats alone without kids. Just knocks on doors. <laughs> it doesn't candy. say trick-or-treat. Just hands the bag, staring dead <laughs> eye. Just... It puts the candy in the bag. Puts the lotion in the basket. It puts the candy in the bag, or else it gets the hose again. Dude, uh, it's um, I, I, you know, there was that video that came out a couple weeks ago where that fan. Did you see that fan that was berating him in his own stadium? Yeah. It was yeah. like you need to fire me. He's like, no, I'm not. I guarantee you, he was like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't be told what to do. I'm the owner. I'm not going to fire him. No, I'm going to wait two weeks because we'll just be messing it up. And then I'll have more. My mic is this perfect segue. Is going right in to the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. You're my mic, dude. You have officially pissed Devontae Adams off so bad. I mean, you threw him the ball. What? How many times did you throw him the ball last game? One, one time. One catch. One, one catch. catch. Dude, one catch. At one point in time, he was the top three receiver in the NFL. He probably still is if you just throw him the goddamn ball. And you're not throwing him the ball. Oh, my God. I'm losing my mind for them. I, I just don't understand what's going I on mean, out there. It's abysmal. He sh he should have had a 98 yard touchdown pass, and he probably should have had another like 70 yard touchdown pass where he is behind both defenders, running mm -hmm. wide open. One of them sails six yards out of bounds. Oh, it's terrible. right. Like it was like it didn't even give him a shot, and then no. the other one he overthrows them by like seven yards. Okay, and you're just See, like, what what's happening? Thing, like when he was with the Niners, I feel like he was more in control and he had more like. He had more accuracy, and he could just sit back there and do better things. And now I'm looking at it, and you're like, dude, maybe all the things that they were saying about him were so true. Like, he is just not the guy. At times, he looks really good. And for Josh McDaniels being an offensive coordinator and a head coach, like, for you not to go in there and be able to be like, hey, man, I don't know what the problem is, but you see that dude out there that we paid a ton of money to? Just throw it to him. Just throw it to him, okay? Like, God. what is the heart? And now you're benched for Aiden O'Connell, who... <laughs> Might, might as well be Brian Hoyer. I mean, who even cares at this point? <laughs> hey, easy. easy. Give the give the Boilermaker his due. He he, he played well at the Purdue Fighting Boilermakers. Easy.
No, I'm just he, saying the team's a mess. Dude, you fired your coach. Where but do you think the, well, the other piece here? of me is like, We've okay, if you, if you knew this was going to happen, why weren't you just selling your team off last week? Yeah. Right? Like, that's for yeah. me. Like, that, again, I go back. I talked earlier about the timing. Like, that's for me is like, you did it six hours after the trade deadline. Like, if you knew you wanted to do this, fire this dude on Monday and start saying, who wants Max Crosby? Who wants Devontae Adams? Josh Jacobs, right? Like, just start selling off your team like a fire sale and really go in for the rebuild because now you didn't. Now you've got players on big contracts. You still have to play out the rest of the year. Like, you didn't do anything. This move does nothing to progress your organization forward at all. It's such a, yeah, it's such every, everything that they do seems weird and reactionary. Remember, like, 15 years ago when they hired Lane Kiffin? He was like 30 years old. <laughs> And it's like he walked into a room and, and, and they probably had a couple cocktails and he was impressive over dinner. There's there's no planning. There's no foresight. Devontae Adams, it kind of reminds me, last year he had a big year because he actually had, you know, Derek Carr and him yes. had chemistry. But it reminds me of when Randy Moss got traded from the Vikings to the Raiders in the middle of his prime. All right, here we oh. go. Going to the Raiders. It's a new scene. Yep. And then they wound up having, it was like Marcus Tuyasasopo was the quarterback. I think Rich Gannon was on the tail end of his career. And uh, and it was just this total waste of time. Two years of a guy's prime, one of the great receivers of all time, right? Terrible. You know, that's what this season is for Devontae Adams. He's in the middle of his prime. Agreed. He probably is still one of the three best receivers. In the NFL. He oh, signed absolutely. up. No, you know, he kind of, he, and who knows, maybe him and Rodgers would still be in Green Bay together if he hadn't, you know, demanded trade. Who knows what happens? But, like, he signed up for Derek Carr, love it or not, and Josh McDaniels, love it or not. And now he's sitting there like, well, What's the point of existing in this situation? Right I'm now? telling you, man, the grass is not always greener. And that's one of the mm -hmm. things that he's starting to find out right now is like at times when you're in an organization that you're like, I hate it here. They hate me. I don't want to be here anymore. I'd rather be somewhere else. I've been there. And all of a sudden you go somewhere else and you're like, oh, my God, this is so much worse. Like We're not <laughs> winning. They're not throwing me the ball. What are we doing wrong? I, we have all Jay, you've been there. I've been yeah. there. And it's just one of those things where it's like, well, you're right. I made my bed, now i got to sleep in it. And there's nothing I can do. Trade deadline's over. I'm not going anywhere. Like, you have to go out and make the best of this. Can the Raiders? Sure, they can go out and try and do something. But Jeremiah's right. You fire your head coach in the middle of the season and you do nothing else. That, that proves no point. Now you're basically, everyone's looking around like, well, who's, well, who's really in charge that? Are you... <laughs> Are you really the boss? Like, like your best friend now just got made the boss. You're like, dude, seriously? Oh That's crazy, man. Hey, can we oh, sleep man. till 10? We can't. Oh, suddenly we're not friends anymore. What a dick. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. Well, Raiders, good luck to you. <laughs> best of luck. Godspeed, friends. Yep. Max Crosby, uh, good luck. Yeah. Well, my mic this week, kind of staying along the, tri the trade deadline. I'm seeing a lot of heat getting thrown at the Vikings way here. And I know we have a lot of loyal Vikings listeners. And you got two former Vikings in here. you got a guy that covers them for a living. And a lot of heat thrown about the Joshua Dobbs trade. Right? Everyone's like kind of pissed about it. Other people are happy about it. I think it's a fantastic move. My mic is Joshua Dobbs. You know, I know that he, for one reason, he was getting benched in Arizona. But that team is terrible. But what you look at, and when you took the 1,000-foot view, and you look down at what this trade is for the Minnesota Vikings, you gave up nothing for him. Nothing. Like, you gave up nothing for him, yeah. and you're putting an insurance policy behind a fifth-round rookie quarterback that we know nothing about, yeah. right? Everyone's like, oh, he could be the next Brock Purdy, or he could be a fifth-round quarterback and really suck, right? And you talk about the Vikings, oh, we're looking for a quarterback of the future, da -da -da. The worst possible thing, and this is like a weird conundrum that my brain has been really hard to get wrapped around the last two days. The worst possible outcome that could come from the Joshua Dobbs trade is he wins us football games and we go like 10 win season, right? That's the worst possible outcome because then he puts us in the middle of the road of the first round. We're looking at not being able to go and get your new franchise quarterback. But honestly, he comes in, he does pretty well. We still win seven, eight games because he's a serviceable quarterback. Great. He comes in and he's dog crap and we move on and we still only win six or eight games. Great. We still pick early in the first. I don't see this as a lose-lose at all. I see it as only a win-win for the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell 
is staying true to the words that he told the Minnesota Vikings the locker room, right? Get to four and four. I'll fight for you. We'll go. He still is fighting for them, but he did it in a smart way of not handicapping them for the future at all by giving up a third round pick or a second round pick to go get like Andy Dalton or Seamus Winston or someone else. Dude, they could have traded for Kyler Murray too. It's like, right. Stop. Like there, there's a reason Stop. that he didn't do that, but I thought it was a perfect blend by Quazy and KOC to show this team and this locker room that's got young budding stars and great guys that we're still here to win and we're still here to compete, but not handicapping their future by going out and doing something really stupid and signing a big name quarterback and losing draft capital or kicking tan down the road for the cap casualties. I thought the trade deadline was handled very very well by the Minnesota Vikings. They are my mic. And Dobbs is a rocket scientist. So he's smart. He's going to come in. Hey, he's already learned. He he's learned. Paper the- after the game. <laughs> yeah, <he bought> it. <laughs> the NFL has found their new uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love it. So That's listen, weird. An, an academic they can paper. Be your mic for that reason. And I'm glad you said it. He can come in and suck. And I think you phrased it wrong because you were like, he got benched on a bad team. Like, that just doesn't sound good. I think that's why a lot of people are like, wait a minute, why are we giving anything up if this guy got benched? And Have they're you one watched seven. the Cardinals? Have you yes, watched any of I've their games? I've watched them. I went back and watched their last three games. I get it. He's a good player. I got it. I, okay. I agree with you. You gave up nothing and you got something for a just in case scenario. In case this goes wrong, we can put him in and see what goes wrong. And if it goes wrong with him, then everyone was like, hey, you tried. Congratulations. I love that. But here's where I have a problem. When you give up your left guard, who's one of the top 10 left guards in the NFL, to a team that doesn't really need him right now. Dude, what are you doing? No. No. You don't see that as a sign? This is the first time the Vikings have had a really good offensive line and they get rid of the left guard and you're like, well, you know what? This is your blinders for hate of Dalton Reisner. This is is your blinder. Of your, you have got those blenders eyeglasses on and across, and they just say hate sixty six. That's all it is. Listen, I told they Matt obviously, the other day, I love they, this offensive line. This has been one of the best offensive lines ever. Three weeks later, they trade the left guard. Dude, stop with your hate. This I is don't a have long hate. time since they've had a good O line, and you got rid of one of them. Why for a Be- sixth rounder? Because they obviously weren't going to extend him, right? They obviously were looking at Ezra Cleveland, Did going, it? "I'm not going to extend him at the end of the year." So why don't I try and get something for him now? He wants to play. He wants to play him. He wants to play tackle. A long time since they've been playing this well, and you're. He wants to play tackle, and he's obviously never going to play left tackle or right tackle here. Six or five, dude. You're not going to play tackle. He played tackle in college. So, so did I. I got moved (laughs) in. Guess what? No one fucking cares. Oh, that's great, kid. You played left tackle. Congratulations. You're our new center. You're going to be the guy snapping the ball. <laughs> I'm just, okay. So, right. no, I get what you're saying. I mean, this is the best season of, of Ezra Cleveland's career. But the Vi- just to zoom out for a second, the Vikings were in this weird spot where, okay, we clawed our way back to four and four, but our top 10 starting quarterback, who is maybe playing at more like a top five or six level the last two weeks, is out for the season. So we're like if if you're a front office and you you would never say this in front of the players you would probably never say this to Kevin O'Connell even but if you're Quasi and you're the front office you're saying god we're probably like the odds of us making a run are very minimal we probably aren't making the playoffs yeah. at this point so we need to look out for we need some draft capital we're not resigning Ezra Cleveland because he wants to play tackle and you might be right like maybe someone needs to get to him and say dude you're not a tackle but he wants to go pursue options so, like, how do you handle that when your play, your locker room is ready to, even without Kirk, ready to go forward? Hey, we just won three in a row. We just won a big road game. Let us go forward. But the front office is like, yeah, but realistically, we have to think about a three-year window here. And that does include, dude, Josh Metellus was like a six-round draft pick. So, they, dude, like, they have phenomenal. found guys in the sixth round. So, they needed, they wanted something. They weren't going to trade Daniil Hunter, and that was a conversation. It's when you're four and four at the deadline and you think you might not make the playoffs, it's such a hard spot because they've built a culture too. I mean, to me, the value of pushing forward and keeping, you know, the winning culture means something 100%. with all this too, right? It's like, a young, it, it's a young regime. It's a young regime. Young. And I, you know, I, that's why I think the blend of saying, Hey, we traded Ezra, but guess what? We didn't trade Daniel Hunter, right? We didn't trade our superstar. When, when you look around the league and saw what Chase Young got and you see what Martez Swat or, or Sweat got, you yep. know, we could have got a second rounder out of Daniel Hunter. No doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah, you wanted sure. to, if you wanted to sell Daniel Hunter, you could have got a second round yeah. pick for him. Mm-hmm. But there's no that shows that like, hey, we understand he's a pivotal part of this defense, and we want to extend him. Right? I think that leads to extending him on the back end next year. But 
I think that it handled really well. It, it, it pleased both sides. It pleased the front office, getting some draft capital back. It pleased KOC, not getting rid of his guys. Brian Flores, trying to keep him happy so he doesn't jump ship and try and go be a head coach somewhere else next year. I thought the Mike was the way that the Vikings handled the trade line deadline. It did very, very well, Mike. But when you're negativity also, to be fair, toward the the Josh Dobbs trade, also kind of opens up the whole Kirk might be coming back. Hundred percent, like it, it, absolutely. And the fact that KOC and this was a big thing for me is that KOC came out and was like Kirk knows how I feel about him. That was a clear indication of I want Kirk back. And mm-hmm. will he come back? Who knows? That comes well, down. That comes down to the front office. Well, it also comes down to him getting hurt, and I hate I hate even saying this, you know, but from a, a front office view, him getting hurt allows a lot more wiggle room on the cap space because if he would have continued playing at the rate at which he was playing the last few weeks, his Ooh. money number would have been absurd. Yeah, right. 65. But now, now you can go to Kirk and be like, "Listen, you're 36 years old. Do you really want to go start over somewhere else?" Maybe you come back here. We're going to draft a quarterback that's a young player. You're going to develop him for a couple of years, and then we'll decide, right? That's a conversation that can be had now versus if Kirk lights the world on fire and he's MVP candidate type of thing. It's like, oh, no, no, you owe me $80 million, and I'm here yeah. for the next four years. Yep. Right? There, there's so many avenues now that we can get 80. to from that. That buys you like two years, not even. It buys you a year and a half, a year and a half, <laughs> like the preseason of the next year. You know, this Josh Dobbs slander from Boone, by the way, StatMuse on Twitter says there's three players in the NFL this year with 1,500 passing yards and 250 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Dobbs, clearly one of the three best mobile quarterbacks in the NFL in 2023. I'm here for it. If those are the only two stats you use, of course. Yeah, right. I'm here for it. I'm here hey, for J- it. You're right. It's a win-win for everybody because either they're going to win, make it in the first round of the playoffs, and everyone's like, man, this was a great season out of nothing, or they lose and they go, hey, we tried our best. We did everything we could. And if you think about it realistically around the NFL, and I'm with you on this. I just said you phrased it wrong when you said he got benched on a bad team. He was your best possible candidate to go out because you don't want Andy Dalton. And God damn it, if I see Tom Brady's name and Matt Ryan's <laughs> name one more time, I'm going to shoot myself. They're not coming out of retirement. Stop it. Nobody make wants the phone to call. see them anymore. Make them tell that? you no. Make them tell you no, Tom. God, you, you up? Could you imagine those Tom, statues you up? back there? Oh, my God. Just... You know who else? I make Tom Brady tell me no if I'm the Vikings. I make Andrew Luck tell me no. I know he's like 165 Dude, pounds and rail thin now. Let's <laughs> just say, have you Stop. seen him lately? <laughs> Stop it. I make him tell me no. Guys, guys I'm, just not, me I'm not going to be able to do this, guys. <laughs> I can't. Dude, I love I He though. came out on Thursday Night Football dressed as the uh, the general, General yeah. Andrew Luck. The other I saw week, too. that. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, do you want a fat guy fantasy update here yes. for the first About time? About time. Weeks? Yes, I need to see my victory. Here it is. Oh, Look at this. Food sucks. Jeremiah Cyril's. That's because I don't get any points for my guy totally blocking a field goal, jumping over another human being and blocks a field goal. You know, you can submit making shit up. You can submit it to the the fat guy fantasy. When Jay wasn't here, I was like, hey, how are we going to score that field goal? And you were like, oh, we'll talk about that one. And I was like, all right, because he blocked a field goal. We should have a category, okay, but we don't right now. So the, the it's like the NFL up. saying, you know what? We might want a rule for that tush push, but we don't right now. Yeah. So we can have our rules. The Fat Guy Fantasy Rules Committee can evaluate this at, at the, the winter meetings or the, yep. the league meetings yep. at some point. Yep. Owner meetings. So uh, Jeremiah with 382 points. I have 318 points. Boom with 287. If you're new here, we, uh, we are revolutionary. We drafted. We'll go through. We'll go through. So uh, we've invented a game called Fat Guy Fantasy Football where uh, we only draft offensive and defensive linemen and then team offense and team defensive lines. Our scoring involves like pressures and sacks allowed for the offensive linemen, pressures and sacks and tackles for losses. Uh, We won't bore you with all the details of the scoring. We will put together a website at some point here. But uh, Jeremiah has a sizable lead. I think a couple things. I'll go through some featured some featured statistics here, and then we can get to uh, dumb football questions. Mm-hmm, I think for mm-hmm. this week, going into next week, because we all have guys that are like either injured or have missed a bunch of games. If you have a player that has missed at least three games, oh, or is currently on like injured reserve or out, each one of us gets to swap one current player on our roster for a player that's out there. Okay. Okay. And we'll okay. go. We'll go in reverse order of standing. So we'll do this offline, by the way. 
We'll just do this okay. via text. Yeah, we'll have to do this via Boone, text. You sw- Boone, you swap someone, then I'll swap someone, and then Jay, you'll swap someone. And we'll say one on either side of the ball if you want. You can just, how about this? You can swap one on either side of the ball uh, for your team, no matter what the conditions are, if mm. they're injured or not. If a guy sucks, you can swap him. All right. Does that work? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm in, I'm in on that. Okay. So, dudes, on the defensive side, uh, Miles Garrett has 36 pressures and nine sacks for Team Boone. That's why I don't understand how I'm not in first place. What's going on here? Dexter Lawrence had 15 pressures like two games ago. He has 44 pressures on the season. (laughs) Trey Hendrickson has nine sacks on the season, uh, eight tackles for loss. Uh, On Team Cyril's on the defensive side, uh, Aiden Hutchinson has 46 pressures. Max Crosby with 46. Max Crosby has 10 TFLs on the season. Oh, yes. You're making money (laughs) off Max Crosby. Max Crosby is just eating. He's crushing so many people, too. Eating. Oh, my God. Daniil Hunter has 10 sacks and 12 TFLs for Team Mackey on the defensive side. Speaking of, if we're going to revisit rules, did we do a fat guy interception rule? So I have interceptions and fumble recoveries in the same category for the season. Okay, because I know both, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson had that pretty pretty nice pick out of the air the other day. Yep. Can't so he that. so on defense in terms of uh, fumble recoveries and interceptions, they're both worth three points. Quinn and Williams has two. Max Crosby has one. Aiden Hutchinson has two. My guy T.J. Watt has four, four. so far this year. It's pretty badass. That and is. then on the offensive side, my God, Jason Kelsey has. Four pressures allowed all season for Team Boone. No sacks. Dude, no he... sacks. Four pressures all season. <laughs> and your brother's dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> Dude, what how do you feel family. about how do you feel about Travis flying uh, flying private to watch World Series games before road games on a Friday yeah. night? As long as he catches that ball, I don't care. What uh, you which do. he didn't. He didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I think when so. left to his own devices, as the <laughs> stat on uh, CBS likes to say, right. <laughs> So there's your fat guy fantasy update here, O-line committee. What about an update on, uh, or we got an update on games, picks? We'll do those at the end. We'll get there. Gosh, Uh, relax. I I just get excited. You're you're all excited. Now that that we all know your mic, you're you're done. (laughs) My day is done. I've let everyone know. Hey, you you said you had a big game to come back. All I heard was you agreeing with me. Just saying. (laughs) You were pretty. You were pretty adamant about you the Nick. You said it. You already said it. You, you, you were pretty adamant about that the Nick Mullins. You were pretty I adamant about the like, Nick this Mullins. This is going to be it. He's going to take us there. And I was like, fullback. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who, you who, go first round? Sure. If you're the Vikings right now, who and your goal is to make the playoffs. So you're trying to get to ten wins in your last what nine games. If Nick Mullins was healthy. Or Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. In. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, 100%. He's been playing. He's, he's been starting field. in the league. Yeah. Nick Mullins has been on the couch. Like, no. He's trying, and, and he's got a bad back. It like, does just say he's on IR. He's not on the couch. He's on IR. Yeah, with the team. yeah. I think I agree. But I think I there's also a reason I mean, why dude, he's. It's also great because now the rookie has somebody behind him not named Sean Mannion. Like, yes. you need somebody. That's another big point. Like, you need somebody that if things do get willy-nilly after the first quarter, it's like, all right, hey, we can flip this out real quick. Not like, all right, boys, <laughs> living by the sword. Buckle in, pal. <laughs> Dude, how many times have you heard that? Buckle yeah. in, boys. Buckle in, boys. can be a long one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I have uh, some dumb football questions for you guys here. Yes. All right, let's rock and roll, starting with Adam Vossen. And by the way, you guys can always hit us up in the YouTube comment section. We try to get to as many dumb football questions as possible. By the way, dumb football questions as originally heard on the O-Line Committee podcast. Okay, Yeah, New Heights Heights trying to steal that. Don't let those uh, Kelsey imitators out there, okay? That's the number one football podcast here. Get the hell out of here, (laughs) east side of Cleveland. We do love those guys, but they are great. Okay, Adam Vossen chimes in. And he says, what's with all the smelling salts being used on the sideline? Oh, this, this is a me question. This is great. So for all of you that don't know, every time, every single time we go out to the field, you look right at the EQ guy and you're like, yo, hit me. Hit me with one. And he gives you this little white packet. And you're just sitting there. And everyone sometimes looks around too and is like, hey, you got one? You got one? You're like, Kush, got it, baby. And they're like, all right, and as soon as the ball – I always had a thing. As soon as the ball got kicked, crack it, and I would smell it all the way until it got caught. And, I mean, you want to talk about ready to rumble. But – What does it feel like? What is it? It you ever, burns you, your brain. It 
incredible. <laughs> and you go out there like, who's the mic? Dude, I know I, the mic. I, I know I exactly take like, everybody is. I take like a small dab of Vicks Vapor Rub, and I'm like, oh god. No. No. Dude, dude, it's it's it's. I think it's it's like ammonia. Dude. It's, it's ammonia like packets. it's it's, yeah. it's ammonia packets that have these. They're in little glass. They're in little glass like surrounded by cotton, and you just crack them, and then it's you just. Pink. If you see pink, you you start sniffing yeah. right now. And the best is when they come out for water for like a TV timeout. Everyone's always like, "Who needs one? Who needs one? Yeah. Who needs one?" You're like, "Crack it," and then you're like sharing them. You're like, "Hit me!" Someone's like, "Hit me! Hit me!" Like yeah. just but do the they time. give do they give you like an energy boost or what yeah, like, it's like it just it just thing. clears you out like it you just boom like you're locked in you're ready to go you're just I mean you're taking probably minutes off your life every second that you that's tough what they one. use when you get knocked out if you get knocked yeah. out they put that underneath you so you're like whoa what is that like that's why it's so alarming and you're alert but here's the best <laughs> you ready every year I learned this young in a harsh way every year in preseason. We go and put 40 of them into a Gatorade bottle, the ones, the squeezable ones. And we would crack them all and throw them in real quick, cover it real tight, and you just shake. And you shake, 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 right? And you're about to go hit a rookie who has no idea what's going on. And so Frisco, I was looking, one of the guys comes over, he goes, hey, what are we doing on this play? And I was like, let me see. And I looked, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just saw and I couldn't breathe for five minutes because it just <laughs> out of nowhere they just blow it right in your face and it oh my god like you're like throwing up and gagging tears and like, oh, they're like god. welcome to the league rookie and I, I swear to God every year I enjoyed that doing that to people just because it was one of those like you're officially initiated in here you've been in the locker room we're going into a game congratulations welcome here's something to send you off Poof. right in the face <laughs> guys used to just get so and then like five minutes later they're like dude that was great that yeah. was great man oh love it thank you thank you yeah, we always awesome. used to the in san diego happened to me the little gatorade bottles like the really little ones you see guys drinking on the sides they'd put like six of them in there and seal it and then you'd be sitting there and someone would just like wave it under your nose real quick and you damn near passed out oh, like harsh, it literally is like it feels like someone shoots you in the temple like you're just like, like you just kind of fall back and then you're there and you're trying to like the coach is always too like what's the matter with you you're like nothing and you're trying to not like you got tears just streaming down your face <laughs> are they okay dumb question are smelling so because I, I feel like they use them for boxers too like before a boxing match or like between rounds are they they're legal. Are they legal? Oh, oh yeah. Side? Okay. Oh, You're yeah. not like doing it? Okay. Oh, God. I mean, the trainers hand them to you. Have you okay. ever seen the sideline? It's seeds and ammonia packets. Like, yeah. all those little <laughs> pink things on the ground are a million. Like, because every <laughs> kickoff, there's 10 guys. <laughs> 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 we're, we're fiends, man. Do you guys use in your post-career, in your retirement, like in your everyday life, do you ever use smelling salts? I have not I've, used one since the day I stopped playing. I've saved a few, and every now and then I would pull them out and crack them, but I haven't had one in a while. Now that you've said this, I want to Should go I do one stuff. on the show? I've never done one, obviously. Are, do you have one? Do you have one? No, I don't. I mean, I'm saying for uh, a few episodes. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. We'll all do them. And you we'll can't puss out either. You can't puss out. Like, you have well, no. to, you have to, you have to put it, like... Directly like you gotta have directly like some guys are like wave it down here like oh oh it's like no no stuff it in your nose if you have to. is there like a substance that you'll like inhale and choke on or is it no. just like it's just no, aroma no, I, just, dude, um, it's, okay. it's like you know what it, it's like horseradish it's exactly like like your brain starts dude, to just like go wasabi yeah. okay it's, yeah it's wasabi straight I'm to ready the dome to go. okay yeah it's awesome. Dude, we actually had my wife and I had some great sushi a couple nights ago, and I put Where? like a little like uh, sushi sayu in Minneapolis. Sushi and fix and Wyzetta. Shout out sushi fix and Wyzetta. Dude, where man. I gotta find a place. Yeah. Sushi fix Wyzetta. It's the best. That's club, probably closer down. to your neck. But dude, I got like a little too much wasabi on the chopstick, and it when my, my wife looks over, and I'm just like, <laughs> like crying. That's exactly what it is. It starts to hurt your palate, <laughs> and then your nose starts to burn, and then your brain, and you're like, dude, this is. You're you're awake. I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah, right. smelling salts. For we the need to order. Yeah, we need to order some, some smelling salts. We I'm all need. We all need to get some. Ship order here. some. Yes. Or ship them to me. <laughs> okay, uh, Matt Skubich chimes in here via the YouTube comment section with his dumb football question. I've always been curious what players do when they're on the road and play in late games. So, like San Francisco comes into Minnesota a couple Mondays ago. What do the players do all day until kickoff? Well, the night before, we go out and get a great dinner. Like that was one of my favorite things about road games is you'd show up, someone would have a dinner all scheduled at one of the nicest steakhouses, especially if it's a late game. Like sometimes if it's an 11 a.m. kick, 
uh, you know, or like uh, if you're somewhere where it's a way different time zone, you would kind of be like, all right, let's just get to bed, chill out. But if it's a night game, you usually have the whole O line, the quarterbacks. You'll get a you'll get a squad of dudes and find a great steakhouse and go out and have a fantastic meal, right? Get a good steak, mashed potatoes, the whole nine yards. And then during the day, you know, I was a guy that I couldn't nap. I know guys that used to take naps, like big nap guys. They were like, oh, man, I'm going to crash. I'm going to take like a two-hour nap. I can't wait. That was not me. I was always a guy like I would go on a walk. Like I'd like to get outside and like walk around the stadium or walk around the hotel, stretch my legs a little bit, and then I'd usually just sit around and <clears throat> and watch watch the football games. Like if it's a Sunday night game, I usually watch a bunch of the football games, hang out before going to the stadium, and then I always got to the stadium super early. Like super, super. I would take the first bus available so I could get there four and a half, five hours before the game and just kind of chill at the stadium because I hated being in the hotel room. It's the worst. When you sit in that hotel all day, it is the worst. So a lot of times when I was in Frisco, we would, have, we would come up cross. We would do exactly what Jay said. We'd go late dinner, have eat a ton of food, have a blast, laugh it up, go back. And then we would always push our Frisco, we would push our meetings back because Harbaugh would be like, listen, just sleep till like 11. Sleep till, just sleep all day because I need you up late at night ready to roll because your body's not used to being up at times at midnight and you're like, dude, we're on the West Coast. Like, what's going on? But the one of the great things was I, lo- I used to love the walkthroughs. I don't know how you felt about that, Jay, but I used to get so excited for the walkthroughs because it was like a time to go out and like walk around, run around, goof around with the guys. Like you just needed to take it off your mind that you're about to play a football game, and you because you're sitting there for you could be sitting there for like six hours, nine hours all day just waiting. Some guys would be like, dude, I'm up at six, and I'm like, what do you do all day? That's got to drive you nuts, like stir crazy, just sitting around waiting for kickoff all day. But getting out, being active, especially because the dudes that sit around end up being tired late at night. But I knew a guy who would sleep all day. I'm not going to name any names. Great player. Sleep all day. Always came to the walkthrough. Ate. Go back to the room. Chill out. Took the late bus, which I don't know how anybody could take the late bus. Jay's right. Do you take the first bus? There's like a special group of guys that are always yeah. on that bus. And they always meet together. And then when we get there, we get in the hot tub. And we yeah. talk and hang You're out. You're like in the hot f- tub before the game, just chilling? Oh, yeah. Just- like six hours before the game in just the hot tub. There, cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> then go out to the field, play catch, run around. Yeah. Always had the pregame matcha. Like you always had to be moving around. Because if you felt like if you stayed still, you were just going to go stir crazy yeah but there was a guy that would for the night games would come in and take a nap in the locker room he was like yo just like on the ground in front of his lockers or wake me up 30 minutes before the game i was like no way way." 30 minutes before the game it's time to wake up Time to go kill somebody. Are put you the, ready? What are you like a Viking? Jesus. What are you one of the three hundred? Just wake up and go kill somebody. All right, cool, man. I don't know what you're taking today. Oh my god, it is hard so, though, dude. So you guys are like, I would think that just the anxiety builds up, right? It it's does. morning. It's you know, it's even hard. for like a three o'clock game in the afternoon, but those night games. And then yeah. if you're on, if like the time zones factor in too, the, the night like, game on the West Coast was the worst. Like when we. Went over when you were still with San Fran Booney in 2015. You guys when came we us. came over to them on yeah. Monday Night Football, like we were the second game of the doubleheader. So it was yeah. the late. late so it was late, too. late. Like we didn't kick off until like 8:30 West Coast time, yeah. which is like 10:30 Central time, right? All of us were like, "Oh shit." Kick off, like like by the end of the game, your your internal clock is on like one a.m. Yeah, and you're out there trying to fight, and it was just it was such a a bad time. I hated going to the West Coast. Uh, it equally was hard when I was with San Diego, and we had to fly out to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. and it was an, and is that the far, and, that's and that it was the farthest travel yeah. in the league, right? San and it was Diego a morning game, right? So it was an eleven a.m. kickoff, which really was like kicking off at eight a.m. Right, like that's equally as tough too. Like the, the traveling, the coast to coast traveling is really tough on guys. Dude, we played a we played a, a Sunday night game, and then we played the Thanksgiving Thursday night game in Baltimore, and it was one of the hardest things because we were the night game, and we had to play had two game. days rest. You had to fly across this entire country, play the latest game, and we literally just sat outside. Like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> Wasn't that like the first? The that was the Harbaugh Bowl that they yeah, right. The, the brothers went at it the first one, dude. It was it was so hard. And you're the worst is when you have a coach. It's like, hey, 
I see we have a lot of time tomorrow. Let's get together at like nine o'clock and watch a couple hours of film. And you're like, dude, I've watched everything. I'm good. I, the last thing I want to do, because you'd always get in that meeting and somebody would ask a question, and you'd be like, fuck. You chase ghosts. Here yeah. We go. You chase now we're ghosts. Chasing every Too much time to think. Ghost. You know what, guys? You're right. Let, you know what? And all of a sudden, they call in the OC and they call in that. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, here we go. Yeah. That, was, that, was a big rule. <clears throat> that was a big rule I had was no film on Saturdays. Oh. No, no film on Saturdays, right? Like you had all your film study done by Friday night, and by Saturday time came like if you didn't put in the time earlier, then shame on you. But like Saturday, by that point, all you're gonna do is chase ghosts. You're gonna start looking for things and try and look and do too much. And it's like Boone said, questions come up. Like show me the openers, show me what you're doing, and let's just move on with our lives. Yeah. Okay. Ray Welsh wants to know. How does an offensive line build chemistry, and why is the chemistry of the offensive line so important to having a good offense? You want to go how, do you, how do you build chemistry as an offense? All right, go ahead. There's a couple ways. Um, you know, there's the on-the-field chemistry, and then there's the off-the-field chemistry. Being and in both, the hot tub together. And both, of them are, sure. both of them are equally important. Very right? Important. The, the on-the-field, like, obviously you know that on-the-field, you want to try and get your starting five guys – up there as soon as you can so they can start working together. And the on-the-field chemistry is understanding the calls, understanding how you're going to fit your double teams with the guys next to you, how you're going to pass off stunts, how you're going to identify things, the like dummy calls you want to create with each other. like Those type of things are all the on-the-field chemistry, which is extremely important because when you can have all five guys on the same page, then if you're all wrong, you can all be right. If you're all right, you can all be right. right? You kind of cover for each other. you know. And so that speaks for itself. But the off-the-field chemistry piece of it is almost more important based off of, you know, it's about building relationships with the guys in that room together and getting to understand what makes them tick, right? How do I, how do I connect with this guy that we are probably from a completely different walk of life? We've come from different states, different family situations, whatever, but now you're in this room with me 24 hours a day for six months and we're just going to live together essentially. Like how can we help each other become better? And that becomes ways of just like, going and doing stupid things like we used to go go-karting in the summer right when we were in minnesota we go go-karting together and we'd always make sure we went out to lunch a couple times a week and making sure hey we have a standing offensive line dinner that is mandatory right it's mandatory this isn't like oh my girlfriend or this like no no this is part of what we are this is a mandatory thing that we do because it's so important that we're all in this thing together and that goes into a deeper part of when you're around each other that much you can start to tell when someone's off You can start to really be like, man, are you okay? Like, is there something going on at home? Is there something going on here? Like you, when you, when you create that chemistry and that bond together like that, that's a personal thing. You can start looking out for that person as a player and personally and be like, man, what can I help you with? How can I, is the family okay? Can I help with the family? What's going on? And that is what builds a great O-line room. And that's that kind of the chemistry piece that gets built off the field that then funnels to on-field performance. I agree. And I think a lot of the off the field stuff is about a trust and accountability. Like a lot of what we're doing off the field is learning each other to be like, what is this guy like? Is he a trustworthy guy? Is he accountable? Is he going to show up? Because that's when you learn the most about somebody when you're sitting in the room and all of a sudden somebody messes up and it's like, all right, is he going to take accountability for this or is he not? Is he going to so you throw me under the bus? And like, like Jay said, it's a lot of building that trust for once we get on the field, you're like, I know what this guy's going to do. I know what mm-hmm. he's going to say. And you want to build it so that <clears> – <throat> you can eventually start to have your own communication between the five guys. When I was in Frisco, we played long enough, I think it was like 48 games we started together, that we had our own code words for everything. Like the minute something would go wrong, you would hear a quick word and everybody knew what we were doing. It wasn't like, hey, let's go solid here and we'll go Rocco over here. And it was just like, hey, birds, got it. Shit's for the birds, here we go. And all of a sudden we were just rolling. But it's a lot of time together, like Jay said. And the minute you see somebody's not acting right, you're quick to be like, hey, what's wrong, dude? Is everything okay? Is it, I mean, obviously there's a certain level of talent that you need to just play in the NFL, right? There's, There's a baseline of whatever it is, you know, mental aptitude and physical size and strength and everything. But how, but so once you've reached that threshold, so you can't just put like you can't just put some schlep in the game, right? Like you have to be an NFL talent on some level. What percentage of a great collective offensive line is chemistry and cohesiveness and communication versus just straight up skill and strength and speed and measurable stuff? <clears throat> that I think that's the difference between a really good offensive line and a great offensive yeah. line. You know, I think you can have if you have the most five talented offensive linemen in the entire NFL. 
right? If you took the five all, if you took the all pro team and you yeah. said, go start a game and you put them up against the Eagles offensive line this year, we'll say they're the best offensive line. And you try to measure out the, how it worked throughout a game. The Eagles offensive line would be better because of the chemistry they have built. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, so you can be the most talented. It's also why you hear a lot of coaches say that the verbiage, it's the best five, not it's the, the right five, not the best five. Right. Because there is a guy that maybe he is God given more talented and way more freaky and stronger and first off the bus walking kind of guy, but he doesn't fit well with the other four guys out there. And so it would be a disservice to put him out there. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're right on that path. But you okay, Booney? You dying on me? Something's off with Booney. Oh, no. You dying on me? You good? We spent too much time together. Some, you okay? Some smelling you salts? You okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jay, Jay, you're hitting on a great point. And it's because while you have the five most talented guys out there, and they'll do a great job, they will all mash, they'll all murder. The other five, the Eagles, they're going to know how each other play. And they're going to say, hey, I'm, you know, this is a twist. I know we're not switching this, or I know we're switching this, where the other five guys are just going to stick to their rules and go, hey, this is a twist. Like, it's just the little the intricate little things inside that they're like, Hey, I know this guy and I know this look and I know he's going to do this. So I'm going to set like this to cover him on this instead of going, well, on my rule set, I need to sit here and do this. Like it's the more you start to work with each other, the more you start to know each other and the center can be like, Hey, get to him. I'm fine here. Or it's, Hey, stick with me. He'll be fine out there. There's a lot of things that you learn from each other. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. Cause it's like, you know, there's, this is going to be disrespectful to you guys, but there's a mantra among like uh, nerdy football social media that guards don't matter when it comes to like the draft, right? Like, why would you ever draft a guard in the first round or whatever? I think I interpret that to mean more like, hey, you can, if you're looking for chemistry guy, you can find him in the fifth or sixth round. But a tackle, you need a certain absolute physical skill set to play left tackle. Mm -hmm. So that's yes. going to be a first round skill set. But I can find a guy that might not be as physically talented, but he's smart. He's a good dude. He's, you know, he's adaptable. You can put him in a room. And those are the types of guys I can find fit. Not, not that it's easy to find those guys because there's a lot of whiffs with those guys too. But, like, you know, um, I think I, it's, it's kind of a disrespectful thing to say about guards, but I understand it from that perspective, I guess. Well, I think the problem is becoming, too, that a lot of the tackles now being drafted are being moved into guard because all of a sudden yeah. this is what you're seeing. This is the changing of the guard. All of a sudden defenses are getting faster. The three techniques are becoming these elite players. Like, dude, when I came in the league, the three techniques were nobodies. It was like, yeah. hey, that's a three technique. You're by yourself. Okay, cool. Now you have guys like Aaron Donald all over this, all over the league, and they're showing up week in and week out. So all of a sudden now the offensive line coaches are saying, well, we're in a lot of passing situations. We need to have great passers. Let's just move the tackles in. We'll make the tackles guard, especially because if you're not 6'5 and over, you are definitely not going to get a shot out there anymore. But at yeah. the same time, they're like, hey, these guys have great feet, and we can gain weight on them, and we can make them stronger. We can teach them the guard position. There's no question. Guard is definitely easier than tackle. So if you have a guy that can get out here and play in space and move really, really well, imagine what he could do if we don't have to give him so much space. And we can teach him to be a badass. Like, hey, this thing that you thought was your friend is now not really your friend. Now you don't want a lot of space, so just start the fight earlier. And it's what they're, you're seeing. Everybody's kind of moving in. And the guards that we're training, we're teaching them, hey, you're going to have to be a center. Everybody's just kind of slowly moving in. And you're seeing it. And I first saw it with Staley because Joe was a tight end. And I had no idea. He was like, dude, I was a tight end. And they moved me to tackle. And I was like, wow, hmm. it's brilliant. And now you hear about these tight ends getting moved into tackle and how they have great feet and they can move really well and they just gain all this weight. And you're like, man, everybody's literally just getting moved in. Every Wide receivers, next level. Odell Beckham, just right? 100 pounds. <laughs> you know what? You're a tight end, dude. Everyone's just moving on into the center position slowly. <laughs> oh, man. So there's great some great dumb football questions. Keep hitting us up in the YouTube comment section. Uh, we'll answer as many as we can every single week. We, lo we love reading these, and it's great to get these guys' perspective. Are you ready to pick some games here, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. This is a freaking great slate of it games. It is. It is. There's even there's a bunch of games that didn't make. So we pick four every week. Uh, we pick straight up because spreads are for losers. Spreads are for losers. All right. And uh, so far this season, so last week, I was three and one. Alex was three and one. Jeremiah was two and two. And so on the season, I'm twenty and twelve. Alex is eighteen and fourteen. 
And Jay, you're at 500, 16 and 16, trying to claw your way back in these standings here. It's tough. It's tough. 500 is not going to get it done. You guys also so I, offline, I you, 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 you switched your picks from Cleveland yes. to Seattle to join me. We did. So we did. we did that offline when there was a quarterback change we found that we didn't foresee coming. I, and, I, and to be fair, I did say on here, if Deshaun Watson wasn't playing, I think Seahawks were going to win, even though they tried to lose it. And it's my best fashion that they could. <laughs> Dude, and we're, we're going to break down Seahawks film. On, we have three yeah. film breakdowns this week like we usually do, and the Seahawks are one of them. Gino. So, all right. Here the dude Gino can play man. Gino Gino he'll throw a couple interceptions but like you'll see some stuff. You guys are skeptical. I can see it in your eyes. The hell just happened? I think Boone's electricity <laughs> just went out actually. I'm going <laughs> to guess a child. I'm going to guess a child turned off just the lights. Turn the lights on. Well, we got like 5 minutes left in this episode then you can go turn them back on for the film reviews. Here, can here's you please the, turn the lights on so you don't look like I you're in a closet. Literally Dude, I don't know what happened. The lights went out, but everything else is still you, working. You can do the picks in the dark. Yeah, it'll, the be, it'll be more comfortable. Like a mushroom. Just let them grow in the dark and feed <laughs> them shit. JK freaked out. The, the, all the lights went out. She's like, what just happened? Cowboys at Eagles. Straight Ooh. up. Who wins? Eagles. I, I, I think the Eagles right now found something. Even with Jalen Hurts being somewhat dinged up, A.J. Brown is playing some of the best football of his entire career right now. I mean, he is just murdering people back and forth. Trayvon Diggs being out for them. They're not gonna be able to cover they're not gonna be able to cover him. Give me the Eagles. Dak Prescott's gonna get three interceptions. Mm. I'm going Boone? Eagles. I'm not so sure that anyone knows how to cover um the Eagles wide receivers. Uh Jalen Brown. Or uh what's his name? Uh um, AJ Brown. AJ yeah. Brown, sorry. Just destroying people and just looking like a specimen right now. And that whole team, dude, they're playing really well right now. And the, the quarterback, um, Jalen Hurts, just – I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to – I think the one thing that's going to be exciting is to see how, how Micah Parsons does against their offensive line. I think he's been showing up mm -hmm. every week in certain areas where you're like, man, yeah. he's still a game wrecker. My biggest question for this game is, is he going to show up at all in this game? Because that offensive line is on – Dude, they're on point, and you know how they show up to games. And this is a conference game, the Cowboys versus the Eagles. Where's it at? It's at, it's at it's Philadelphia, at this one. Yeah. I mean, dude, I got Eagles for sure. Yeah, I, th I think with Dallas, so Dallas is good. But there seems to be a clear line of teams that they can't beat in certain situations. Like the 49ers are above that line. I'm not saying they can't ever beat the Eagles. They play each other twice per season in the division, so there's, there's going to be close games. But it feels to me like the Eagles are above that line, and the Eagles, the Eagles have not been as dominant as they were last year in many different ways. But uh, I'm going Eagles. I wish I could go against you guys. Give me the Eagles in this one. Bills at the resurgent Bengals. Oh, big baby. win on the road. For you guys the pick here. Agent, right, here Agent Life is calling. I have to answer this phone. Okay. I'll go first. We got electricity going out. We got. I know agency. it's insane over here. I love it. All right, Bengals versus Bills. I, I think that. The Bengals right now are playing good football, and I think their defense, I love what their defensive end, they just show up, dude. They're, they're playing hard football. Joe Burrow is back to what he's doing. I'm excited about him. Even, is it in Buffalo? It's in uh, Cincinnati. Oh, even if it was in Buffalo, I'm going Bengals all the way, dude. And it's at home, Psh, let me go. You know, oh man, the, the Bengals... The Bengals look so much different now. And this happens every year, dude. Like, for whatever know, reason, they, they they start in some slow fashion or they have injuries or whatever it is. Um, I also think people might be sleeping a little bit on the Bills because they've looked ugly lately. So this, this feels like a really fun game. But I like where the Bengals are at. The Bengals seem like they're done messing around, as they always do in September. So I will take the Bengals at home over the Bills. Jay. I love it. I'm 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 team Bengals in this too. I think Bills wow. are a bit of a mess right now. Um, now this could easily be one of those games that the Bills get right. Right? They seem to have these slumps, and then Josh Allen plays out of his mind. And like you know, Dalton Kincaid came off a big performance as the rookie tight end last week. You know, Diggs is still there, but. Josh Allen is that entire team right now on offense. And if he has even a slightly off game, then everything goes to shit. And so I think the Bengals being Joe Burrow back, I mean, he ran a quarterback draw last week. Oh, he's, no, back, he, he's, he's back, back right? Oh, Joe Burrow's yeah. back. And then between uh, 
uh, Hendricks, Hendrickson playing the, the lights out that he's playing off the edge and Logan Wilson playing incredible football. I think the Bengals are back. They're going to do exactly what they did last year, make a big run here through the month of November and December and set themselves up for another playoff run. And that was my biggest point, Jay, was when you went off, is that their, their defense is playing lights out right now, and Josh Allen is too much of that team. No pun and intended. You... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You're playing lights out right now, actually. That's what's happening. It's on fire over here. It's going crazy. Okay, let's go to Germany, where the Dolphins and the Chiefs are playing each other in an American football game in Europe. Dolphins, Chiefs, neutral site, I'll go first again. You ready? I'm going to go with the Dolphins because, number one, they're my team. All about it. The neck tattoo. (laughs) The tattoo. Fins for life. Cardinals Cardinals look like they're not going to quite do it for me. (laughs) Ah, Sorry, Sorry. But uh, honestly, the five turnovers last week and the Chiefs just, I mean, against, I know it's against the Broncos and I know that your conference team will always play you tough and things happen. But at the same time, it's just the Dolphins are too electric. And if they want to turn it on and they want to get going, it can be a long day for them. And the Chiefs coming off that brutal loss to Broncos, just not, not, not having me feeling good about that. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can jump in here, give you a chance to to scout this out. So the vibes are a little weird with the Chiefs right now, okay? Wait, is Taylor going over to Germany? She's in uh, Argentina right now, I believe. So no no T-Swift. No T-Swift. And it is crazy. When T-Swift's in attendance, they, like, have twice as many points per game offensively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the farthest apart Travis and Taylor have been since they started their relationship. (laughs) I don't know how he's going to do it. And uh, I think wasn't Mahomes like he had the flu last week and now he's going to travel and it just seems I think the Dolphins beat the Chiefs in this game and we get all sorts of distraction talk the week after distraction. Oh, you're going the relationship of distraction. Okay. Yep. All right. So give me the Dolphins in Germany because they are not distracted. They're focused and they're trying to prove they can beat the upper echelon teams. They've gotten drubbed by uh, the Eagles, and then they got drubbed by somebody else too. But So they're trying to prove they can punch on that level. This is Tyreek Hill revenge game, right? Like I think this is mm. one of those where Tyreek Hill wants to come out and just run all over this football team. you know. And Waddle and Raheem Moster and the speed of which the Dolphins have, I just don't think the Kansas City offense can go toe-to-toe with them like they were a year ago or even two years ago, right? I mean, I think if this was two years ago, you're going, man, this could be a 55-42 to 42 type of football game. The Chiefs just don't have the firepower to go into a shootout with against Tua and McDaniels in that squad, and they just won't be able to keep up. I think it'll be close, and then I think the Dolphins pull away late if there's a late turnover or something like that. It's just gonna be a. It's gonna be all fins, all fins in the Germanys. Are we wow, really so going three for three? All okay, you know right what? Now. Can I change my pick to Chiefs just to go against you? Guys? You want to yeah. go against it? I, I, I want you to. I actually want you to. Right. Of course you do. All right, everything I just said, the opposite. Out the I window. The Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, not a distraction. There's wonderful ways to zoom and <laughs> Skype with your significant others now. Babe, I you just know, caught a touchdown. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and now we get Seahawks at Ravens in Baltimore. In Baltimore. I'll go first. I like the Ravens in this game. Um, I think that they are a well-oiled machine. They are putting themselves in conversation for the first or second best team, complete team in the AFC. As long as the receivers don't drop footballs, they are one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL between Zay Flowers and everyone else, Boone, you okay over there? Gosh, just going nuts on me. <laughs> Golly. You know, the Gus bus has started getting moving forward a little bit more with old Gus Edwards there. Give Ooh. me the Ravens. <laughs> Give me the Ravens. <laughs> Gus bus, baby. All aboard the Gus bus. All right, Jay's got the Ravens. I got the Ravens, too. I think I'm, I'm, I'm big on the Seahawks, but Seahawks traveling across a bunch of time zones after a big victory, a late victory that they pull off, emotional, all those narratives. Um Sometimes the Ravens have weird games where they just, like, short circuit and go blue screen of death like the computer. Uh, I don't think this is one of them, but this this should be a fun game. The Ravens come out victorious. Were we really about to just go all four of us picking the same teams? We were. But, I mean, you can go Seattle. You can go Seattle. All right. I'm going to do it. I can't leave Pete hanging alone, dude. I just can't. And you know what? (laughs) 
I wanted to talk about this guy, and I finally get my chance in the dark. <laughs> Tyler Lockett. What an incredible player. I've loved Tyler Lockett since the day I saw him play football for Seattle, and I still love watching him. He is such a difference maker, a playmaker. But him and DK out there, you know, they just get Leonard Williams. We'll see what happens. Could be a big boost. Could not. I don't know. But at the same time, I got to think. I can't leave Pete hanging here, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. There it is. All right. I think we probably were all thinking the same four teams here for the first oh, time all sure. year. And then we yeah. just called audibles at the end there. We'll see how that works Sticking out for Sticking a us. beer, baby. Sticking a beer. Oh. Let's go. Yeah. We got about nine of those bets on the hook. <laughs> it's going to be a fat spring. It's going to be a, a fun trip to the combine. Out. Yeah. Steak and a beer get... for breakfast. Steak and a beer for lunch. <laughs> Steak and a beer for a snack in the afternoon. Settling bets, coach. We're just settling, <laughs> settling bets. Settling bets. All right, that's a wrap. O-Line Committee podcast here. Click that like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. And if you give us a five-star rating, positive review on Apple Podcasts, you can help us keep growing this thing. So thank you for uh, committing yourself to the offensive line lifestyle.